for almost uh, my entire conscious existence, I've lived under the weight of knowing that human beings have it within our capacity to destroy all life on this planet. I remember in the early 70s, Henry Kissinger saying that the greatest chance for an all an all-out nuclear war was within the next five to 15 years. I heard scientists talk about the effect that an all-out nuclear war would have on the entire planet. My friends and I, as kids, would talk about what would happen in nuclear war. Then, the hole in the ozone opened up. And that gave us uh, a whole new threat to worry about. Then in 1983, 100 million of us watched the TV movie The Day After, which renewed the terror of nuclear war for some of us and introduced a whole new generation to the terror of nuclear war. In the 90s, more and more information started coming out about global warming, which has only grown more and more now into a full-on awareness of the existential threat of climate change. On top of all that, we must now confront the global threat of super viruses, of which COVID-19 is just the beginning. In the meantime, we continue to pump tons of carbon into the air, empty ancient aquifers and drain reservoirs of water. We tear down mountains to find small amounts of precious metals, clear-cut forests for housing or fuel or farmland. We degrade and lose acres and acres and acres of topsoil to squeeze more and more food from barren land. And we have filled our oceans with plastic. Why do we continue to live this way as a species when we know the costs? Why do we not change our ways? What is it going to take for us to merely preserve life, let alone help it thrive? As followers of Christ, we give voice to at least a possible answer every Sunday when we recite the Apostles' Creed. When we proclaim, I believe in God, maker of heaven and earth, we proclaim a foundational truth that can potentially change everything about how we view and interact with all of creation. Those simple words remind us that God has made everything in all of creation and human beings have made nothing. Anything and everything that humans make 
is simply a rearrangement of elements that God has already provided. We don't create anything out of nothing. Everything in our universe, everything originated from God, therefore everything in this world belongs to God. And if everything in creation belongs to God, we owe it to God to live as God would have us live and to treat all things in creation as God would have us treat them. Not only panda bears and polar bears, but people also. God has made this world for all creatures, great and small, and has given us, human beings, a unique role in making sure that God's good creation is good for all. One of the worst problems we have as human beings is believing that anything in this world belongs to us, whether privately, corporately, or as a nation. The truth is that we are like the farmer servants in the parable that Jesus told. In that parable, we hear how an owner plants a vineyard, puts a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, built a watchtower. Everything in this vineyard is from God, belongs, or well, from from this landowner, this uh, provider. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers who went away and went away on a journey. When the harvest time approaches, he sends servants to get some of the, the fruit, collect his fruit. We hear the tenants seize the, the servants that come to, to get what is due to the owner beat them, even kill some of them. The owner sends more. They do the same. Finally, they send the son, the heir of the land, and the tenants think, oh, if we just kill the son, then we'll inherit everything. It will all come to us. It will belong to us. So they take the heir and they kill them. And Jesus then asks, that question. What do you think the owner is going to do when he returns? And the answer is obvious to everyone listening. It's not going to go well for the greedy renters. They not only didn't give the owner the owner's due, but they, they beat and killed those who represented the owner. So we all know in this scenario that the owner is completely within his rights to at least kick them off the property and start with some new tenants. Well, biblically, God is the owner of this vineyard in which we live. God has set up everything. There wouldn't be anything except for God. Nothing 
belongs to us. It all belongs to God. The only reason any human being has anything at all is because of God. This is the opening proclamation of our holy scriptures. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Scott Jose, a professor from Calvin College, explains the significance of this phrase. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He writes the Hebrew phrase in Genesis 1.1, the heavens and the earth, which is now preserved in the language of the Apostles' Creed, is known as a marismus. The, in a marismus, two opposites are used to convey the larger whole. In this case, God is said to have created the highest point we can possibly imagine and the lowest which means God created absolutely everything in between also. Not only did God create everything, everything that God created was good. And that's why I wanted to make sure that I, I covered at least that, that part when we hear this. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good. And God separated light from, day, day, or light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. And this continues over the, every step of creation that God creates, looks at it, and beholds it. It is good. That idea that the whole material world, the whole of creation is God's good creation, is as important as that it was created by God at all. In the early days of the Christian faith, there were major schools of thought and teachers who taught, who believed that the material world, all that this we see and, and touch, in the earth, that all the material world was created by an inferior God and that it was all inherently evil and corrupt. It was bad because it wasn't created by the good God, but by an inferior one, which led to a devaluing not only of material, but of human bodies. But the Jewish faith and the Christian faith both refuted that idea and acknowledged that God created all things good. In addition to all these truths, Scripture also teaches us that human beings, even though we are a part of creation, have a unique purpose in creation, given to us by God. We've, we've read this several times in, in recent weeks, but this is also in this opening chapter of Genesis. When God says, uh, let us make man, woman in our image, in our likeness, 
and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move on the ground. Let them rule over. So God created man, woman in God's own image. In the image of God, they created them, male and female. God created them. Again, I'll, I'll refer to Scott Jose for insight on the implications of this that we just heard in God's scriptures. He writes, humanity is the only creature not only made by God, but spoken to by God. There is a divine command to take care of the earth in a way reminiscent of how God would tend it. All of that has something to do with being made in the image of God. Ruling means we take care of this creation, preserving it in a way that brings God joy. But the point here is that only the man and the woman are directed to observe or have anything to do with absolutely every other creature God made. No other creature is told to take care of any other creature. Unlike other creatures, we, human we humans busy ourselves not merely with our own kind and with what it takes to ensure our own survival, we are commanded to take care of the survival of all creatures. Biblically, it is Jesus who models for us what it means to be a human being, acknowledging that God is the maker of all creation and taking care as human beings of all creation. And it's Jesus who will thankfully one day repair all the damage we have done and set things right. This is what we hear from Paul in the letter to the Colossians. We look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and see God's original purpose in everything created, above and below, everything, absolutely everything, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe people and things, animals and atoms, I love that, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies in Christ because of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. And what we see Jesus doing most of all is caring for others, making sure that others 
have what they need to survive and in, with Jesus to thrive. All of this is behind the words that we proclaim, I believe in God, maker of heaven and earth. When we proclaim that we believe that God is maker of heaven and earth, we are saying we believe all of what we have seen in the scriptures this morning. A wise old professor from the University of Durham in England, a man named C.E.B. Cranfield, sums it up well for us. We acknowledge in the creed that we are God's creatures and that to try to understand the meaning of our existence apart from God's existence is vain. To deny our creatureliness to imagine that we are the center and the measure of all things existing for ourselves is to be out of touch with reality and caught in a world of illusion. We are affirming that it is, in fact, God's creation and that as such, it has its own inalienable worth and dignity. We thus acknowledge the obligation that rests on us to respect and defend its dignity. Reverence for God the Creator, for the rights of our fellow human beings, of today and of the future, and for the dignity of all God's creatures, animate and inanimate, these should be our guides. And they will hold us back from all wasting and spoiling, from all cruelty to creatures capable of feeling, and from insatiable greed. All that from belief that God is maker of heaven and earth. Unfortunately, not everyone lives this way with reverence for God, reverence for the rights of fellow human beings of today and the future, of dignity for all God's creature, creatures, animate and inanimate. And, if we're honest, we don't always live this way ourselves. And yet, week after week, we have the opportunity to hear the words of the creed, to remember and renew the way we live in God's good creation. Amen.